Hi everyone, welcome to Voice of Crypto. We're coming in live from Open 2049 and we have with us a really interesting guest. Uh, we have with us Stefan. Hi Stefan, it's great to meet you. Thanks for uh, letting us interview you. How are you doing? Doing great, thank you. And nice to be here and, and great to have uh, your audience and be able to share some of the insights. Absolutely, the pleasure is ours. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about what you're doing, what your background is, uh, what currently you're working on? So I've been in crypto for over a decade. I was most recently the CEO of Bitcoin.com. And then in 2021, when the government shut down a lot of the economy and printed a lot of money, I felt that we needed to look at in terms of how these economies are tracked and monitored. And we then decided that inflation was the one key metric that really matters on, in terms of the performance of the economy. And so they told us, don't worry about inflation. But I felt, you know, as an economist, if you print, you have to worry yeah. about it. And so we looked under the carpet and saw we could do 30x innovation around that. So we launched TruePlation.com, and today that is an Oracle, Coinbase-backed, Chainlink-backed Oracle service for real-world assets, financial and economic data. Well, so how, how do you uh, service clients? Is it more user-facing? Is it institution-facing? So we have multitude of customers. We have institutions. Uh, they like the data to be able to do macro strategies or do derivative swap tradings to be able to predict what the government's going to announce with all of our data feeds. We then have retail investors and analysts that all like to use this data and play around with it. But then we have some 140 developer teams across different blockchains because we support eight different blockchains uh, building on top of the true data that we offer up. And so that to me is where the future lies. If you think about it today, as real world assets get tokenized, we're seeing today a market size of 3.1 billion of which 1.6 billion is used just alone for Oracle services. And that's going to scale to some 40, 50 billion in the next, for the rest of this decade. So Flatcoin has gained quite a bit of traction yeah. in the last one year. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about Flatcoin? So we look at Flatcoin as a synthetic perpetual pegged to the cost of living. What is the cost of living? Trueflation luckily calculates the real cost of living and then we basically tie a currency to that. So in the end, you don't use US dollars anymore. You don't, you don't use uh, any other currency. You can just have a new one. And the new one is then tied to that cost basket of items. And it can be in the US specifically or in the UK specifically. And then we hope to expand it into a lot of other markets. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, regulation compliance has been a tricky territory for most entrepreneurs. How have you been able to navigate it with regulation? Uh, so I've been in crypto for over a decade. And if you look at the last decade, it started off as enabling anybody to be a part of crypto, right? That was the whole idea. Anybody can be a successful entrepreneur if they took risk in a market that was still a bit more wild west. How has that evolved, right? Today, we've now limited the amount to so Chinese, Americans, they can't participate. So we've cut off two big markets. All of a sudden, regulators require a qualified investor. So now all of a sudden, the youth can't join anymore. You have to be older than 18. You have to be what's defined as have $100 million or a million dollars in assets in order to participate. So what regulation and compliance and, and you know, uh, has done has limited the number of users that can participate, which I think is is not the right thing. And it's also limited based on jurisdictions. Yeah. So, oh, you can be licensed in Hong Kong, but you can't do business in Singapore. 
You can, and that was not the whole point. We're moving towards a global society. Trade is digital. We're having digital assets, and some of those utilities need digital assets to pay for that. If you think about AI, how do you pay for AI? You need tokens, right? And what tokens are you going to use? You're not going to do hundreds of little bond transactions and smart agent transactions with a fiat currency, credit card, 3% transaction fee, eight vault takers across the way. So how do we create efficiencies? And this new system is to create efficiencies. And we, as a community of builders, need to continue to build decentralized solutions that go beyond borders. And they are so transparent too, right? How do we get governments to be as transparent, use the blockchain, and disclose all their wallet addresses for all the different departments that they have? A lot of governments are looking at blockchain integration with blockchain for the NFT and databases onto the blockchain. Uh, do, you, do you see uh, a certain sort of, uh, do you see that this landscape would evolve? Would there be more partnerships with blockchain companies and blockchain so that's a natural evolution. There will be partnerships, right? There's, there's no, I don't think you can stop that. But I do think, and you're already seeing partnerships, right? You're, but you're seeing if the identity data, the health data, um, your your financial data is decentralized on a blockchain, and you have the private keys to your data and your identity, and you can control that and share that as and when needed, then I think that is the right approach to do it. And you see some blockchains like Base trying to do that, integrated with their Coinbase KYC users. You're seeing Binance try to do the same thing. But you're also seeing Near Protocol, together with Fractal and with Quill, try to decentralize the whole database and give the user the key with their identity. Now, AI has been a buzzword. Yeah. For the most part this year, the convergence of blockchain and AI coming in a lot of enterprises are interest. Is there something that you are already doing at uh, Citation with uh, the convergence of these two emerging technologies? And how could I go about AI improvement in this deck? Yeah, I mean, I think the two go hand in hand. Um, I mean, I already mentioned right earlier on, we can use tokens and crypto to pay for AI services. Um, I think there's a lot of data that's being acquired on the blockchain that is transparent and being indexed, AI can be used for that. We're using it to, for example, be able to calculate consumer index, confidence index. How do we do that? Right? Oh, you have to do a panel, and you have to go and get surveys amongst users. No, that's the old school thing. Today, everybody's on Twitter, they're on Thread, they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram. How do we pull the tweets and the threads based on certain keywords and then have the AI engine give us a sentiment response as to what it is in real time. So we can have that in real time and present a consumer confidence index that is a lot more accurate than a survey-based solution. Absolutely. Uh, Stefan, you mentioned you've been in the space for almost 10 years, a decade is a really long time. You've been in this space for more than most companies have been here. So how have you seen attitudes shift in core with you towards blockchain? Well, it's, um, we've gone through a lot of cycles, <laughs> we've had a lot of ups and downs, but each time the downs brings together a lot of builders, and this time though I feel it's a very different environment, it's, we've had a very harsh winter, the winter's been really harsh, I don't think, I don't think I've experienced this harsh winter in the past, but then on the flip side, it's attracted a whole new set of type of builders and participants, right? I think 
bigger companies are aware that this is now a one trillion dollar industry. It's not little babies anymore, it's gotta mature. And I think we've taken this industry in 10 years from zero to one trillion dollars, which is a phenomenal feat. And that's why one year in crypto is about seven years in traditional world. <laughs> To wrap it up, do you have any final word for our audiences? Anything that you'd like to share? No, just DCA. You know, how can I continuously look, get into crypto a little bit, a little bit, a little bit? Just learn every day. That's the best way to enter into crypto. Take it slowly because it is it is daunting, right? I mean, it's pretty important. There's so much going on. Look at what's going on here. And so that's one way to just enter in. Just start slowly and add a little more every time. And then you're not so impacted by all the different ways. And if you look historically, you will be successful if you continuously put every month a little bit aside into Bitcoin or SATs. Or, uh, yeah. Thank you so much for those amazing insights. I love to be with you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.